If you're a more energetically sensitive, creative, or entrepreneur who's ready to transform your sensitivities into your superpowers so that you can spend more time in the flow and less time in the internal struggle, then you've come to the right place. The Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Long Stokes, is a business and marketing podcast where we uncover the roadblocks that most energetically sensitive entrepreneurs and creatives face on their journey to success and how to move past these blocks to live a more purpose-driven and energetically aligned life. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Anna Long Stokes, and I am your host. Now, before we get started today, I wanted to let you all know that I have just launched a super exciting free seven-day energy cleanse challenge. It's an empathic energy cleanse challenge designed to to kind of help you take a break from a lot of the things in life that I have noticed tend to clog up the energy of empaths. And when your energy is, you know, when your energy is <laughs> clogged up or a little bit dirty, as we might say, um, I'm just kidding. I would never call your energy dirty. But when your energy body is full of energies that aren't you, it kind of is dirty. It's like, When you go to someone else's house and they have clothes all over and you think it looks like a mess, but they just think it looks like their closet. So it's fine. Other people can live their lives how they want. Other people can set their energy how they want, but you are in charge of being in control of your energy. You're in charge of being in control of what you let in. You're in charge of learning how to release what you no longer need. That really is your only responsibility and it's a responsibility you have to yourself. So I've been thinking on this training for quite a while and I'm really excited to be launching it. So go ahead and check it out. I have a link in the show notes and you can also find it on my website, which is my new website, www.empathicenergymethod.com. I will also have a link over on Instagram at Anna.longstokes. Okay. So let's dive into today's episode about how I channeled my million dollar company. And I'll start by saying I don't own this company anymore. I sold this company. It was my beauty business and I had started it back in 2015 and um, I sold it in August of 2021. I have alluded to this uh, in other podcast episodes. Um, If you've looked at my bio on the website, or if you know me, you've had sessions with me, it may be something that's come up. It was a very pivotal um, business for me. It was very successful. (laughs) It came with a lot of headaches. It really came with, honestly, my many of my uh, spiritual lessons and development in this lifetime. So um, there's so much there. I have so much to share, but I think it's going to take years for me to continue working through the energy to share a lot of what happened uh, while I was running that company. I am in the process of writing a new book, and um, in that book, I'm going to be sharing more about that and more about you know, what things that uh, empathic entrepreneurs need to 
um, you know, grapple with? Like, what are what are the lessons? What are the challenges? Um, and how can you overcome them? Because really, that's what all this is about. Um, this podcast isn't about just illuminating the challenges. It's about um, hopefully inspiring the changes, even if I just serve as a guide, someone who gives you some aha moments here and there. I really hope to help you get through some of this sticky energy or congested energy so that you can have all of the success um, that you came here to have for yourself. I know if you're listening to this podcast, you have plans for yourself. You have an idea, you have a vision. It might be hidden. It might be a little bit muted right now, but it's somewhere inside of you. If you can tap into it. One of the ways, um, that I became familiar with, uh, myself as an empath, at the level I am was in running this company. So how did how did this company come about and why am I calling this episode how I channeled my million dollar company? Well, um so to give you a little backstory, um I had had a really small skincare studio. I had started out of my house in Portland when I moved to Portland in 2010 from Chicago. And I just, it was kind of my little creative play space. It was, I lived in a duplex in Northeast Portland and I converted this laundry room. It had its own separate little door. So you'd kind of come up to this house. It had three doors. And then this little laundry room had its own door where you could enter from the outside. And you could also enter into the stairwell into the um, second level where I lived. So it was kind of perfect. Like I converted this little laundry room into, you know, a cute enough facial studio. It's not up to my design standards now, but you know, what was fine then. It was 2010. I was living in Portland, Oregon. Um, it wasn't <laughs> quite as fancy as it is now. And so I started this little skincare studio and mostly I spent, um, I spent three years building that, about three years, and slowly moved it into um, a little bit of a bigger space, but it was still like a shoebox, honestly, in um, Northwest Portland. But what so much of that time really was for me was learning how to work through the energy of putting my name out there, working through the energy of people-pleasing with clients, which... um, didn't stop there. There was so much more to learn there. But um, I just had to learn to like, I don't know, have a business. Um, I remember everything scared me. Like everything scared me. I was scared to make a wrong decision about the name, which I changed like 50 times. Um, I was scared of what clients were going to show up. I was scared if they weren't going to show up. I also just thought people should just show up, even though I didn't really have much of a website or um, any signage. I just somehow thought people were going to find me. <laughs> that's like the that's like the unconscious empath thing. It's like, well, I created it so they'll come. Mm, maybe. Maybe not. You might have to do a little marketing. (laughs) You might have to do a little bit more. Um, I certainly know that I did, even though I was good at my craft. Actually, that was another thing. I was spending those three years getting better at my craft. I had um, gotten my beauty license in Chicago 
back while I was working a full-time social work job. So I didn't work for anyone else. I never had a job in the beauty industry. So for me, I was not only learning how to run my own first business, I was learning how to be an esthetician for the first time, or as many people around the world would say, a beauty therapist. And so I had a very steep learning curve. I had a very steep learning curve on all fronts. So those first three years, um, I was really just exploring, you know, putting, putting myself out there and I got a little more comfortable at it and eventually, you know, moved my space into Northwest Portland and, you know, was getting, you know, I was more comfortable. I had a Yelp profile. Clients were finding me on Yelp. I had a website. My branding was looking super cute. I kind of, it took me a while, but I kind of finally all got it together. I was putting myself out there more. And then people started to come to me who were other small businesses who had watched my growth process. And I think they were really watching me overcome a lot of my own limiting beliefs. And they were watching me put myself out there. And you know, when you are someone who's on this journey as an empath and as an entrepreneur, you know, when um, you're watching people overcome their blocks, it's just a sensation you get. Maybe you even get a little jealous when you watch people hit that level where you start going, oh, like they, they've really figured it out. There's no figuring it out for everyone, but there's figuring it out for yourself. And so when you start to figure it out for yourself and things start to align, people will take notice. So I had started to figure things out for myself. I had become more aligned with my business and other people started to take notice and they started to say, hey, um, could you help me with my business? Um, Can you take a look at what's going on with me? Like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I was getting hit up a lot for people to pick my brain. Now I'm all for collaboration and resource sharing, but it does get to a point where, you know, I had spent a lot of money at this time. I had invested a lot in online business and learning about marketing, learning about web design. I kind of taught myself everything way more than I needed to know. And people were coming to me for advice. And all this is happening around the time I'm taking uh, Marie Forleo's B-School. I think that was 2012. I was in the class of 2012. And I'm seeing all these really inspirational women, and some men too, of course, just kind of like claim, claim what they wanted uh, out of life in a really out-of-the-box way. Like, I'm good at this. I'm going to create a business in this. I want to live here. I'm going to live here and um, work remotely. I was just seeing all these people who I really felt aligned with. I knew that I wanted to travel the world. I had wanted to travel the world um, for a long time. For anyone who's read my book, The Girl's Guide to Traveling the World, I, I, I had really wanted to just go explore and I had wanted to for so long and I always put limitations on it. It was always that I didn't have the money. And then when I did have the money, I was working a lot. And so it just, it just never lined up. And I started to see this movement of people talking about, Hey, I want it all and I'm going to try to have it all. And it wasn't just like, I want the Ferrari or the nice house. It was really just these conversations being had about like, what if you can have both? What if you can have a successful business and you can live abroad? Like, 
what if? And I wasn't, I hadn't really surrounded um, myself with people who, um, I don't know, let me have that amount of freedom to dream. A lot of my friends at that point were social workers. And um, if you're a social worker out there, more power to you. But you know, you get kind of trained and programmed from the minute you enter social work school. At least this is when I was in school back in, you know, I got my master's degree in 2006, I believe. Um, And you're surrounded with people who are telling you to accept less, you know, you're, you're not going to make much and that's okay. You do this because you have a big heart. Um, and that's true. And that's enough for some people. That's, I should say that's true for some people and that's enough for some people, but it wasn't for me. I really came here from a, you know, I just know from the minute I set foot on this planet, I came here really less in the helping capacity and more in the creation capacity. Although I do believe you can be a super manifester and a super creator and also be a super helper. But I had had these ideas about what it meant to be a helper versus like an entrepreneur. And so that could be a whole other episode. I'm not really going to get into that. But for now, what I'll say is I was surrounding myself with this new group of people with a very open, dreamy mindset. And I started to feel like maybe it was possible for me. Um, While I was running this little skincare studio, the whole time I was running that skincare studio, I was working a part-time social work job. So I was never full-time working and I was never full-time doing the business, which honestly was a perfect fit for me because um, the beauty work was harder on my body and it was just more stressful to not have a steady paycheck, to have to worry about health insurance like so many of us do here in the United States. And so for me, it was like, I didn't want to work full-time. Like Even though I was pulling in more money doing facials part-time, definitely than I was doing social work part-time. Like I was happy to work a job. That was one thing that I would say was a little unhealthy mental health-wise or a little pressure. I saw a lot of people putting them on themselves in that online world in the early 2000s was like, you know, if you work at your job, you're a failure or just take the leap and don't look back. Like I took the leap multiple times and went back. I'll talk about that more in my book, the times where I took the leap and said, oh, I'm not quite ready and then got the job and then took the leap again and then went back for the job. Um, (laughs) So it's a process for most people. For some people, it's not. Congratulations if like you took the leap and it was one and done. But for a lot of people, it's a process. So um, back back to this story. So I started to be in this community and I started to realize that I had these dreams that were really, really big around travel. And people were coming to me asking me for advice. And I started to realize like, what if, what if I just got paid for my advice? Like, what if I let go of the skincare so I could travel? Obviously I can't do facials while I'm traveling. I can't like bring my clients with me. Um, That is not a remote business. I mean, sure, I'm, you know, COVID happened and some of us figured out how to make money online, but to do the actual work is not a remote job. Um, it's like having a remote plumber. Like eventually you need a plumber to come to your house, you know? Um, <laughs> so this was not a remote friendly job, but I had skills that I knew I could turn into something. And so I, I, I did take the leap. I I quit the social work job and I sold my skincare studio for like 
peanuts, really pretty much for the equipment. And my husband and I ended up tying the knot and we ended up traveling the world for a year and living in Mexico and going to Southeast Asia and China. And we just like really, you know, didn't have a ton of money. I was consulting at that time. I had been working you know, for probably a year or so, I'm building up a brand for my consulting. And I was really beginning to tap into how I was not a normal business consultant, how when I was working with clients, these pictures and ideas and images would come to my head. And a lot of them would say, yeah, how did you know? That's exactly it. Like that's when I began to play more with like, oh, I'm intuitive. And how do I work with clients in this capacity where it's more intuition-based strategy and intuition-based consulting. And so that really just all, it wasn't something I planned on marketing, but it was just something where all my clients were like literally all their testimonies were like, Anna's so intuitive. Anna's so, you know, psychic. Anna is a mind reader. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess my clients are telling me like what my niche is or telling me what makes me stand out. So I sort of just leaned into that. And, um, and you know what? I built it. We we were living in Mexico. We had this great cheap apartment overlooking the ocean. We were there for about six months. And I really used that time to grow my consulting business. And I had grown it to a decent level. I was making about 60000 a year, which was more than I had ever made. Uh, I had had associate director level positions in nonprofits and never made um, even 50,000 at the time. So, um, you know, 60,000 for me was great. Like, yes, I was rolling in this world of online entrepreneurs talking about hitting six figures, which now if you're in the online world is all about hitting the million dollar year, like somehow people have jumped from a hundred thousand to a million. It's just gotten, it's gotten absolutely bonkers out there. Um, but at the time I was just pretty happy to, be making anything, getting paid to travel and do what I love to do. But something started to um, kind of, uh, something started to shift inside me. I really wanted to kind of get back to a home base. You know, we kind of were over Mexico. We wanted to go home for a little bit. And, um, you know, I was craving community. I was really beginning to crave community. I have never been an online community builder. Um, It is not a space where my energy thrives in. So it's really, I'm not going to say it's hard for me to show up online, but it's my least enigmatic place. And I I had built an online business. So all of my calls were on Zoom or on the phone and I missed people. (laughs) I wanted to spend time with people. And I just kind of had that at the forefront. I missed facials. Like I missed touching people. I am a healer. I am a hands-on person. And I just kind of missed that. So with all that in mind, we moved back to Portland. And um, when we did that, um, you know, I, I was just spending a lot of time not knowing what my next steps were. It was an uncomfortable time. You know, it's coming off the high of getting married, coming off the high of traveling the world, and then kind of being back in regular life, but feeling like, what's next? 
So I was spending a lot of time at a coffee shop down the street and um, I was just spending a lot of time immersing myself in the online world, which honestly probably wasn't healthy. It wasn't, like I said, where I got my energy from, but I was doing a lot of comparing and I was doing a lot of like, well, this person's successful. You know, there were people who went through B-School with me and, you know, a year or two later, they were really um, killing it online. And here I was just kind of like, you know, still just kind of getting by. I was helping my clients. This was another frustration. My clients would work with me. They would go on to make over six figures and then I would still be just where I was. It's like I was taking in these fresh entrepreneurs and they would go on and create businesses more successful than me. And I started to get a little resentful. I started to um I started to take things personally. I felt like um I was giving away all my creativity to my clients and that they would go on and have success, but I wouldn't. It was a really unhealthy dynamic I started to um, have with my consulting and just I, it, it took away from that joy and fulfillment I had felt while I was traveling. Once I was back home and bills were higher and there wasn't as much magic in the air, I started to go, what am, what am I doing? And I was like, I just remember having a lot of thoughts around that time where like, just give me the idea. Like, I'll do anything. I just want to make money. I really was in a place where I wanted to see what it was like to make money. And I'm I'm not in that place anymore. Um, you know, I'll probably talk about that at some point. Like I, I made all the money and realized that while it aff- affords certain opportunities, it definitely, you know... <laughs> doesn't make up for just a good meditation or whatever it is inside that I really needed to work on. And so um, at the time I was just, I don't know if, I don't know if you could say I would have sold my soul to the devil for money, but I would definitely, um, I definitely wanted to make money and know what that was like. And I, of course I wanted to do it in a way that, that felt right. But honestly, that wasn't as much the focus. I was more just like, give me the money making idea. So I remember having these thoughts run through my mind and then I was hanging out a lot at a really delicious coffee shop down the street and I was spending a lot of my time there journaling and hanging out and then I remember just sitting there one day and the idea came to me for the skincare studio like I saw it I saw the name I saw what it would look like um I, mostly most importantly what it would feel like for our customers. Um, and I looked up out the window and there was this building going up across the street. It was one of those like a uh, split kind of residential commercial buildings with stores on the bottom and on the ground floor and apartments up top. And I was like, it's going to be called this. I'm going to put it there going to be in this neighborhood that I love. Like I just saw it all. And I left the coffee shop that day and I went across the street and I, I found this, this uh, cute woman. She had this pink hard hat on amongst all these men. There was this one woman. So of course I went up to her and I was like, what's going in here? Like what's going on? And I talked with her and she was one of the um, like engineers or developers of it. She told me and I said, I want to open a business here. And so we exchanged info and before they ever had like a sign up, <laughs> before it ever went up, uh, anyway, on the rental market, I I had thrown my name in the hat. And really, it, it just all went from there. 
Um, I'm not going to get into all the details, but it went so quickly. Um, the The business grew. It's like the the money showed up to help it happen. I I had started it with a partner. I had the idea. I met her at the coffee shop. She was my photographer at the time, and I was telling her all about my idea, and she just said, "Oh well, we'll give you money." Like my husband and I are looking for a business opportunity, and I was like, "Oh great!" and just sort of like signed my life away which ended up being a problem immediately. And that's a whole other story that I won't get into because, um, you know, things didn't end well. But she went her own way, I went my own way, and it did become fully owned by me once again after I bought her out. So that company was um, more successful than I was ever able to keep up with. And what I mean by that was just um, there was an energy behind it. The clients were there. We had a wait list. We were often booked out about a month in advance, which is just crazy because we were a small studio. At one point, I had a team of 17 people working for me, most of them estheticians. And so we had um, two locations, six treatment rooms going, and we were pulling in a million a year, over a million a year before, um, before COVID hit. Uh, and we were doing it with two locations that were each under a thousand square feet. So it was really, um, it was really amazing. In fact, like when, when I put my business on the business market to sell, a lot of the buyers didn't believe it. They said, there's no way she's making this money off that square footage. This is like, we don't believe it. <laughs> my broker was like, no, I, I've been there and here's her reports. Like it's all there. It's all legit. And they were like, no, it's not possible. It's so funny how people will just like decide what's possible. Thank God I didn't talk to any of them before I started that business because they would have said, no, nah, that's not possible. And obviously it was because I did it. So that was a channeled business idea. Very much was that like my dream business? No. If that was my dream business, I would still have it. Like, I asked for assistance. I asked for information, ideas. I opened myself up to what was possible for what I needed. And I think at the time I wasn't fully aware. And that's kind of the difference between a conscious empath and an unconscious empath. At the time I was a totally unconscious empath. doesn't mean I didn't know that I was intuitive or empathic, but I was not leaning into those. I did not have good enough energetic hygiene to know what was mine versus what wasn't mine. Um, but on some level, I was tapping into energies that were ready to co-create. So we co-created, we created very successfully. And um, and I, I think it's a blessing because even though a lot of that running that business was challenging, like that was how I was learning. You know, I don't have children. Um, so many people really learn their lessons in life through their children and through their family dynamics. And most of mine have been learned through running a company and managing a team and all the trials and tribulations that go with that. And I was able to do it while making good money. And um, I learned so much in the process. And so even though I was really ready to sell it at the time at which I sold it, and I would never wish the going through COVID as a beauty business on anybody, that whole experience with shutting things down and how how difficult that was. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but I did get through it and I learned a lot from running that business. And And it was just a channeled business idea. I really don't feel like it was even my own. Like the name, I don't know how I came up with that name. Like it just came to me. Um, everything I saw, it just came in one big download. 
And if you're a intuitive, empathic business owner, I think you know what I'm talking about. Those times you get the downloads. We call those downloads for a reason. I'm not sure any creative ideas out there are really just ours to have. Um, if you've read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, she nods to this too, having those ideas kind of run her way. And if she doesn't, if she's not the one who takes them in and brings them to life, then those ideas will be brought to another creator who will bring them to life. The thing is, is if you're an entrepreneur who has like a really open crown chakra, you could be channeling a lot of ideas that maybe aren't, um, maybe aren't in alignment with what type of growth you're looking for right now. You know, I see, I see this a lot in my, um, intuitive business reviews is I, I never start the calls by asking people like, what are you here to do? What do you think you're here to do? I actually, um, I, I don't care a lot what they think they're here to do. I'm actually here to look at what their spirit has to communicate to them. And most of them don't listen to it because they're they're really mostly only in touch with their body and what their body wants. Um, some of them do though, and it's like the life-changing advice they needed. But what happens when I do an intuitive business review is I go into a trance state and um, I keep a very clean space and I communicate with my client's higher self. So the goal is not to communicate with your guides And there's a lot of reasons for that, um, which we could talk about in another episode. Your guides may or may not actually be in um, alignment with what you are looking to call in at this point in your lifetime. You could have outgrown your guides. Let's put it that way. It's like, it's like saying, it's like you coming to me for an appointment and being like, hey, so could you like go to my best friend from fifth grade and ask her what to do with my life? Uh are you sure you just want to know what your best friend from fifth grade wants you to do with your life? Like, obviously there's, um, that's like, you probably, probably none of you want that (laughs) because she has old pictures of you. You change a lot in a lifetime and the agreements you came in on with your guides may need to be updated. So you may not always want to be receiving direct communication from them. It, you know, kind of depends on the journey you're here on, but, um, I connect in with with you and your higher self, with my clients and their higher self. And I get that direct line of communication so that you can have like the most updated version of you (laughs) and receive the information that you at this point in your life are wanting to, to call in. And for a lot of people, it's more rest. It's to be more in their female energy. It's to allow themselves to take a break because the next step needs room to come in. But most um, kind of blown out crown chakra, powerful female entrepreneurs who are used to go, go, going, which I was one of them. So when I say this, it's not with judgment. It's from a place of full understanding and full full compassion. They're not ready to um, slow things down and quit channeling for a while, quit bringing in the endless ideas that they're bringing into creation. You know, the difference between the me now and the me then when I created my really successful company was that the me now, I'm really less worried about whether I'll be successful or not. I'm less worried about how much money I'll make, but I'm not willing to compromise on what I came here to do. Um, the, The work I'm here to put out into the world, the books I'm here to write, the podcast episodes I'm here to record, the people I'm looking to meet through this journey to help me spread the message about energetic hygiene and, you know, 
all things empathic, all things empathic entrepreneur. Like I'm here to do, I'm here to do that. I'm here to do that work. And hopefully money will come from that. Success will come from that. But if not, you know, I know I'm in, I'm in alignment with what my spirit wants from me. And that feels really good. I never felt that with my old company. I knew that like on paper, it all looked great and I was making the money, you know, and I I was getting through those lessons, but I knew it was not quite my life's work. So that's all I got for you today. Wanted to share a little bit about my journey. Um, I don't have any cues for you. I'm sure you can take this uh, at face value or figure out how this applies to you and where you're at. And um, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Pretty please take a moment to rate or review this, especially on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's going to help others find it. I've been doing this podcast almost a year and I get a lot of people who tell me, Anna, I love your podcast. I listen to it whenever it comes out, but there's not many reviews. And, you know, I would love that energy exchange. Uh, Putting together this podcast is you know, it's a labor of love. (laughs) It takes money. It takes time. And if you've been consuming it regularly, but you haven't taken a moment to give back and just leave a review, um, I encourage you to do that. It's really awesome to give back. This is my year of giving back. So whenever I take a workout class online or I go to a restaurant I really like, somewhere I appreciate, I'm just taking the time to leave the review. I know it seems like a silly thing to you, but when you have a business that you're looking to grow, it's really helpful. Reviews are helpful. You know, other people like to know what your experience was, even if it's just my experience is five stars. (laughs) That's enough. People like that. They go, okay, I'm going to take a minute and listen to this. So please take a minute, leave a review. And it was great catching up with you today. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Empathic Entrepreneur Podcast with me, Anna Longstokes. For more information on these and many other topics or to contact me for a consultation, please visit www.empathicpreneur.com. That's empathicpreneur.com. Or check out the show notes for direct links. And hey, if you like this podcast, please remember to take a minute to leave a review and to share with a friend. Until next time, keep creating.